Good morning, good morning. My apologies. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Open Altar Worship Center. We are so glad that you are all here with us this morning. We praise God that you're here in the building. We praise God that you're watching online. But the most important thing is that you are seeking God on today. Anytime that we think that we can do things on our own, we're headed for trouble. And our problems that we think we can fix and we think we can solve them, I'm telling you, God is our answer. The Lord is our answer. And, it's, and all the answers we need are found right here in his word and by his spirit. So we don't want to belabor the time anymore. We just want to move forward according as the spirit wills and as God has given us this day. You know, we talked, uh, we began the year uh, talking about our, uh, the year of position, being in the right position. And we want to continue that theme throughout 2022. We want to continue to be in the right position um, with God. But now we're talking about our covenant rights, talking about our covenant rights. People oftentimes miss out on so many things because they don't know what their rights are. And we know, and I, I don't want to use this as a, as a bad connotation, but oftentimes, um, you know, we hear about situations where someone want, or law enforcement want to uh, look at your car or they want to search you, and people don't know that they have certain rights. And we're not bashing law enforcement because they are ministers of the law. They are there to protect us. But we need to do what we can. But again, we have rights in the kingdom of God that we need to partake in. Amen? So on today, we want to talk about, um, we want to talk about free speech. We want to talk about the freedom of speech. Now, I want to put this disclaimer out there right now. I want to put this out here. I'm in no way bashing the Constitution or our Bill of Rights. I'm not talking about that at all, but I want us to look at it where the Constitution talks about it, but I also want to talk about it from the sense of how we can look at things spiritually. Amen? So before we go uh, into the message, we want to talk and remind everyone that next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. We're asking all of our partners, whether they're in the building or our virtual partners, to sow a special seed, a special seed. And we're not going to ask you to do this every week. We're not going to ask you to do this once a quarter or whatever. We're only doing this because we felt led by God to sow a special seed. Now, there are several ways you can give. We can give in person. You can use the mobile app or go to our website, www.oac.com. But also, we can use... the, can I get that slide back up there? Yeah, text to give. That's O-A-W-C-V-A to 77977. That's O-A-C-W-V-A at, uh, to 77977. All right. But again, we're doing that one-time special seed offering to Open Altar Worship Center. Because we thank you and we know that if you're watching, you believe in us as we believe in God. But it's not believing so much in us, the person, but it's the mission and the purpose that God has given this local assembly. 
So, Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we're thanking you for your presence being here in this place. Father, we're thanking you for everyone that you have placed within uh, earshot, Father, to hear this word. And as you talked, as Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, Father, we're believing that this word is going to fall on good ground. It's going to fall on good ground and bring forth a harvest, Lord, in due season. Lord, but this will not be the only time we hear this word, but that we continuously find ourselves studying the word of God in the name of Jesus. And that we be not ashamed of what you've given us, but walk forth in boldness and in power. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Again, like I said, we're talking today about freedom of speech. Now, what is freedom of speech? And some of you history buffs, you already know what it is. But what does freedom of speech, according to the Constitution, tell us? Freedom of speech is is freedom of speech, press, assembly, petition, and religion. It's those five. The freedom of speech, press, Can I get that slide, please? Um, The freedom of speech, press, assembly, petition, and religion. And on today, even as we are here right now, we are actually exercising four of those five. Religion, speech, assembly, and petition. We're not exercising the freedom of press because we're not printing and putting out that type of information. But the freedom of religion actually says that the United States government cannot create or endorse or favor one religion over another. But we as Christians say this is what we want to do and the government can't stop us. We have the right to speak as we so desire. We have the right to assembly to assemble and come together. Now we know because of COVID that there were some restrictions. But the Constitution says that as long as we choose to, we can do so. Petition actually pertains more to when we feel like the government has done something wrong, that there is some type of injustice that we can come together and say, no, local, state, or federal government, we don't agree with this and we want to petition against that. And so we did with COVID. When they tried to shut the churches down, Many of our leaders came together and and uh, confronted our local governments and our national and uh, excuse me local state and federal governments, saying we don't like this. And so there we are back in the building again. And again, I'm not trying to bash the government or any type of. This is not a coup. I'm just trying to show us a correlation between how our natural freedom of speech. And our spiritual spirits, uh, freedom of speech can work together, but sometimes we've got to take the extra step. That's the foundation, and we want to build upon it. So what is freedom of speech? The definition, and, and, and I found that there is so much information on the Internet, and I'm just hitting the tip of the iceberg. It's the right to express any opinions without censorship, or restraint as it relates to what? The truth. The truth. There can be no slander, obscenities, or fighting words. 
We cannot speak and say whatever we want to do and incite riots. We can't uh, slander other people's name and say, oh, well, that's my freedom of speech. No, that's not covered under the Constitution. Even further, therefore, it may not be recognized as being absolute. And I know this may sound so legalistic, but with common limitations and boundaries. There are boundaries to our limits of speech, such as copyright violations, slander, obscenity, incitement. We can't say words that are going to arouse people and cause them to do violent things. Fighting words, classified information, copyright violations. If you know something that is uh, to a particular organization or uh, a group, you cannot say that if it's under copyright. You can't repeat it. Uh, trade secrets, food labeling, and non-disclosure. All of these things are covered under freedom of speech. But that's a foundation. But we're believers. We have to, and the Bible teaches us. Romans chapter 13 tells us that the Bible gives us a government. The Bible gives us government, and we are to obey the government. But we need to build upon it and see how God is going to move in our lives. So what are we going to use in our freedom of speech? Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Verse 9, we are very familiar with, but what does verse 8 says? And I'm using the New King James Version. But what does it say? The word is near you. The word of God, the Bible is near you. Even it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith of which we preach. The word is near you. David said, I, your word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you. The word is near you. It's even in your heart. So what do we have to do? We have to learn to speak the word. Now, we know there's 66 chapters. We know that Moses and Jeremiah, Luke, Matthew, Paul, all of these men, wrote the Bible. We know there's so much information in this Bible. We know what the Word says, but the question is, what do you say? I know what the Word says, but what are we saying? The Word is not you, it's even in your mouth, but what are you saying about your situation? Oh, I don't think I'm going to make it this time. Oh, no. It looks too bad. God wants to know our desires. He wants to know about wants and our needs. But one thing God doesn't need, he doesn't need our opinion. God doesn't need our opinion about what's going on in our situation. God doesn't want your opinion. He already knows your opinion. He already sees our state. So let's look at John chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. And we're all very familiar with this story or this situation. It's not a parable. This actually happened. When Jesus saw him, and this is at the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, there were obviously some, some telltale signs that Jesus already knew he had been there in that condition. And he said to him, what? He asked him a specific question. Do you want to be made well? We know what the Bible says, but what do you say? What do you say? This is your chance. This is your freedom of speech. But what do you say? Verse 7. The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. 
or while I'm coming, another steps in front of me. But what did Jesus ask him? He didn't ask him, why haven't you gotten in the water? We, we know you can't walk. We know that you have this infirmity. Why haven't you in 38 years, we learned, why in all of these years haven't you gotten in the water? Jesus didn't ask him that. He asked him, do you want to be made well? This was his opportunity, face to face with Jesus. And he gives him an opinion. He gives him a sob story. A major understanding that we as Christians, believers, now, some people say saints, believers, Christians, we all trust in God. So whatever you want to go by, you go by. But as believers, one principle that we fail to apply is this, is that we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. We are a spirit. I see a body, but you are a spirit. You know, like, like, a, like an M&M. If you, if you crack the shell off of it, it's chocolate on the inside. That's the real M&M. Well, and, and it's not. But you, y'all understand what I'm saying. This, this body is nothing but a shell that carries the spirit man from place to place. But we have a soul. And the soul is our intellect, our thoughts, and our emotions. Imagine it like this. The most important piece in your car is the engine. And people are like, no, 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 because, you know, without the, without the computer, well, guess what? It wasn't until 1968 that cars even had computers. So we don't need a computer to make a car run, because guess what? Your lawnmower, I guarantee your lawnmower doesn't have a computer in it. All you do is pull a cord, and it starts, and it goes. But imagine a car. The most important part is the engine. But then you need hoses and wiring that help the engine to function the way it's supposed to, to know that, hey, you're making a turn, so like the truck I drive at work, if I'm going too fast around a corner, it automatically shuts the engine down and won't allow me to accelerate. That's the computer. But it takes hoses and wiring to make all of that work. But guess what? You need a body to get that engine and you from where you, want to, from where you are to where you want to be. So we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. They all work together. But we've got to understand who we truly are. Now we talk about, we're talking about the freedom of speech. And it's what the word says that's, that's our foundation. But what are we saying? What are we saying about our situation? I will tell you this. Most of us, at least I know I do, I get up out of the same side of the bed every morning. I get out on the same side. When I brush my teeth, I hold my toothbrush in the same hand every day. When I comb my beard, when I go to work, I go to work the same way every day. Can I have that next slide? It is, next slide please. No, not that one. The one that says mathematically. It is mathematically, scientifically, medically, financially, emotionally, physically, 
and yes, even spiritually impossible to get different results if we continue to do or say the same things. Some people call that insanity. Thinking that if we do the same thing the same way all of the time, that somehow or another, we're going to get different results. If I go out the parking lot here and turn left down Euclid Road, I'm going to get to where? Independence Boulevard. But somehow or another, I think, man, well, I should be getting somewhere else different. But if I keep going the same way, I'm going to get to the same place. And we think, well, well, if I do it again, if I do it again, like we put our passcode in our phones or in our computers, and we think, well, if I put it in again, oh, it's going to change it. It's like, no, we need to make sure we're putting in the right data. And oftentimes we're not putting in the right data. But if we're not, if we're doing things exactly the same, every way, we're going to get the exact same results. And I promise you this, and I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But if we wake up every morning and we pray before we get out of bed saying, Lord, this is your day. Whatever you decide to do with it, I'm going to follow you. Lord, I know I have an agenda. I have things I need to accomplish. But Lord, I'm going to put you first and I'm going to lay out prostrate uh, Lord, Lord, I'm going to read my word. I'm not even going to go to work. I'm just going to spend the whole day with you. That kind of day is going to get you some good results. But we have other things we have to do. So I can't take away from that. There are some limitations in our freedom of speech. Again, I talked about the slander, the obscenities, fighting words, things like that, that, that we cannot do even according to the Constitution. But there are some limitations. And this is only three. This is only three. The first is harmful and offensive content. That is a limitation according to the Constitution. Harmful or offensive content. Some views are illegally, are, excuse me, some views are illegal to express because they can calm, cause harm to others. For example, for someone to walk into a restaurant and yell, fire! People are going to drop their food. I've had that happen before. Been in, the, in fact, I remember back in the, I don't know, the 90s? When Chick-fil-A first came out. I don't know if it was. But anyway, I know I was eating a chicken sandwich. And the fire alarm went off. There was no fire. But I ended up leaving my sandwich there. Okay? You can't walk in the airport and yell, hijack! They, they banned that years ago. But things that you cannot say because why it can create conflict and create panic and confusion. So what does the Bible tell us about this? And again, I'm not disputing the Constitution, but I'm saying we have a freedom of speech. And we can change things. God did not form the earth with his hands. He formed it with what? His speech. God created with his speech. He said, and let there be. And he said, and he said. So what are we saying? What are we saying? What is God saying? And what are we saying? And the two need to come into line. I hope you all are getting something out of this. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. And again, I'm using the New King James Version. For you, brethren and sisters, have been called to liberty... Only don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Hey, I'm free. I've been doing so good. I've been witness to people all this week. 
so I can go afford to I can go afford to sin a little bit no but through love serve one another next for all the law is fulfilled in one word even this you shall love your neighbor as yourself next but if you bite and devour one another beware lest you are consumed by one another don't use our liberty to do as we please we can't use harmful and offensive content as a believer sometimes like like we say you got to learn to turn the other cheek Take the high road. Be the bigger man. Be the bigger woman. Do what we have to do to keep peace. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. It's like, man, I'm going to tell you this joke, man. I'm going to tell you this joke. I'm going to tell you this joke. I even asked yesterday, um, I was with uh, Pastor Wendy's family, and we were all out at dinner, and I said, well, this certain person, I said, I know y'all talking about her and stuff that she's put on Facebook. I said, but I've never seen her. And they're like, you don't want to see her because of the content. And I'm like, I'm good. They say, you <laughs> her nephew said, you a man in a cloth. You don't need to see these pictures. I'm like, well, I'm good. Because all of these things, and, and, and we could go a whole other direction, but that affects what we say and how we think. There was a court case in which a woman was asked to testify. And she used the word, she said, and the perpetrator or this person came up to me and they said, you, you ugly son of a bee. And the judge looked at the woman and said, ma'am, I need you to say the words that the person spoke to you. She said, Your Honor, with all due respect, I'm not going to repeat that word. Said, You are in a court of law. You took an oath. She said, I have to tell you, Honor, Your Honor, that I serve a God that's much higher than you, and I will not say those words. And the judge could only tell her, Then proceed. We oftentimes want to tell jokes and make phrases because that's what is said or that's what's written. But the Bible tells us in our freedom of speech, do not let corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. Some things we can't repeat. Point number two, the freedom of information. Freedom of information is, may also refer to the right of privacy in the context of the Internet and information technology. And we know in social media, people put all kinds of things out there. They'll put all types of stuff and it's not correct. Or it may infringe upon someone else's privacy. Freedom of information um, can cause great division. Proverbs 17 and 9. Proverbs 17 and 9. It says, he who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats the matter separates friends. He who covers a transgression seeks love. We're trying to work together because some things we don't need to say to some people. But some, yeah. And, and you know, we gossip. I know I gossip. I know. I'm telling you right now that I gossip because I repeat things that I know are not true. 
It's like, did you hear such and such? And it might be something as simple as, hey, man, did you know that the Cowboys, they talking about they're going to get rid of Dak Prescott. That's gossip. What? Unless I'm sitting in a room with the board and the agent and the player, I don't know that to be true. And, some, and have direct knowledge. And some things, even when you read the article, it'll say opinion, semicolon. It's not even coming from the source. It's some, somebody trying to get their name in the press and be famous for breaking a story. But James 5 and 16 says, if you confess your sins, confess your faults or your trespasses. Trespasses meaning the actual acts that we do. And even our thoughts to one another and pray for another that you may be healed. Because by you confessing to me and me confessing to you, as iron sharpens iron, so the countenance of one sharpens another, the, fervent, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. But when you come and you say, brother, I want to pray for you. And then you leave there and it's like, hey, I just, you know, I called you earlier and... Um, and I couldn't get you. Oh, yeah, I was, I was praying with Brother Robert. I was praying with him. Man, he got some mess going on in his life. Woo! He jacked up. <laughs> then you've just done what Proverbs 17 and 9 do, does. You didn't cover my transgression. As soon as you had the opportunity, you went and told somebody else. And then my third point is this. We're talking about our freedom of speech. And again, I have to emphasize this. I'm not trying to create a coup. I'm saying that the Constitution says we have the right to assembly, to press, to petition, to religion, to do these things. But we're going to build upon this in the name of the Lord. And number three, time, place, and manner. Time, place, and manner. They are general restrictions that are intended to balance the rights or a legitimate government interest. And what does that mean? It means certain restrictions prohibit me from going to the mayor or the governor's house and protesting at 10 o'clock at night. Because it's not just him, but I'm affecting his neighbors. His neighbors are like, we can't help it that the governor lives across the street from us. Okay, yeah, he's, he's a great neighbor. He keeps his lawn, you know, he takes his trash out. You know, he picks up after his dog. He's a great neighbor. But because you all have a beef with him, now you want to protest in front of his house. We knew that there were times, even during the protests uh, following the death of um, George Floyd, that people were, were protesting on the interstates. They were literally walking on the interstates blocking traffic. That falls under time, place, and manner. We do not have the right. The Bible, I mean, excuse me, the Constitution says that we have the right to assemble, yes. But the time and the place and the manner were all wrong. So we're children of God. What does 1 Corinthians 14, 39 say? I know somebody asked me that earlier. I'm going to answer that right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39 says, and it's talking about prophecy. We know chapter 12 talks about the gifts. Chapter 13 talks about love. Chapter 14 tends primarily to prophecy. It says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. 
when we talk about praying in the spirit. Let all things be done decently and in order. Whatever I'm going to do in my freedom of speech, I need to do it in decency and in order. Do it decently. If what I'm going to say is going to offend you according to my flesh and my words, then I probably need to rethink it. If it's the word of God, then we need to be ready to receive it. And that doesn't mean you always throw scriptures at people. People already know what they're doing wrong. They don't need you to, I mean, okay, I know you got a lot of weight on your shoulders, but I need to get on your back and let you carry me across the street. But the freedom of speech tells us let all things be done decently and in order. You know something, before I even say anything to you, I want you to come here. I want to hug you and show you how much I love you. I want to show you how much I love you. There's a song that I, I've, I've listened to in the last couple of days, and I love it. And, it's, and, and the words say, release, I'm not going to say who it is, but I love it. You may think otherwise. But it says, release your power, Lord. Release your glory, Lord. Renew the passion in us, Lord, like never before. And it's a beautiful song. I love it. Send down your power, Lord. Release your glory, Lord. Give us a passion, Lord, like never before. But we have to understand, we want God to send the power, but we don't want to bring the power. It's like, Lord, send down your power. Send down your power. And God's saying, okay, but I need you to meet the power. Where's your power? Because I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. But it's according to what? The power that's in you. I, I can do this. I've done it. It's already been put into motion. But it's according to the power that works in you. That's Ephesians 3 and 20. According to the power. And we're saying, Lord, send your power down. Send your power down. Well, what have you been doing all week? Mm, well, Lord, you know, I got a tight schedule. All right, when you have time for me, then I'll send my power down. I'm going to use this analogy and don't take it to heart, y'all. It's just an analogy. It's just an analogy. Go to the casino. And what do we go to casinos for? To get to win money, don't we? You are not going to win any money unless you bring some money. Walk in there and walk up to a slot machine and start pulling on the handle and see what happens. Go to, go to, to the, jack, the blackjack table and it's like, all right, deal them out. It's like, okay, what are you betting? Well, I ain't got no money. We'll get away from the table. Security! <laughs> you can't win money if you don't have money. It's like, well, Lord, I, I believe you. I believe God to send down the power. Send down. Well, guess what? Unbelievers are not asking God to send the power down because they're not trusting God. But we're saying, we're believers saying, God, send your power down. Send your power down. God's like, yeah, but you got to bring some power of your own. You go on a, on a car lot and it's like, I want to buy that car. All right, well, how much are you willing to put down? Well, I don't have anything to put down. All right, well, when you have something, come back and see us. We knew just a few short months ago there was a, a, a horrible thunder or a horrible snowstorm that hit Texas. Shut the power grids down. And why did it shut the grid down? Because they refused to connect. You have 
electrical grids on the east side of the country and on the west side of the country, but Texas is within a grid all by itself because they refuse to connect with others. No one could help them. We can't flip a switch and give Texas power because they're not connected to us. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he says, in our freedom of speech, he says, I give you, behold, I give you the authority to travel upon serpents and scorpions, not the insects in your house and what's out in your yard. He's talking about spirits. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Does that mean you're not going to stub your toe? I don't know. What do you believe? What's your freedom of speech? But he's saying those things that affect our mind and our psyche, how the enemy tries to oppress us. He says, I give you authority. Acts 1 and 8. We're, we're talking about Holy Spirit, send your power down. Lord, rain power down on us. Acts chapter 1 and 8. And it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. We're not in Judea or Samaria or Jerusalem. We're on the other part of the earth. Are we not? But he's saying, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. I can't fix my situation. No, of course you can't. In our own flesh, we can't fix our powers. I mean, we can't fix our problems. We need the power. And it's like, well, but I don't have any power, says who? The word of God says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then my last verse is this. Mark chapter 16, verse 7. We know about the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 when he says, Go ye therefore into all the nations, preaching the gospel. But also it says similarly in Mark chapter 16, and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. We have a language which we don't even understand. But the Bible tells us that when we speak in that language, it edifies, it charges, it builds us up and energizes our spiritual battery or our spirit man. He says they will take up serpents. We will get in situations where we have to fight the enemy. But guess what? It's not going to hurt us. Uh, excuse me. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Wait a minute. Hold up. So you mean to tell me I can lay hands on you and you'll recover? So what happens if I'm sick? Can I lay hands on myself? Yes. I have that authority to lay hands not on myself, but I can lay hands on you. You can lay hands on me. We have that power. And how do we do it? By our freedom of speech. To speak those things. To call those things that be not as though they were. And I'm going to finish with this example. This is, a, this, is, this is a story, okay, y'all? All right. This local government and the airport have realized that they have 
all of these jet planes that no one, they're, they're, they're never going to use them again because they're outdated. They're, they're still in good shape, but they're outdated. There's new technology. And they're saying these airplanes are of no good to us. Anybody who wants them can have them. And people are like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just let us know that you have them so we'll know who they belong to. It's like, so I can go and grab that plane? It's like, it's yours. If you want it, the government and the airport say you can have them. Even the airline says they don't want them. So three groups of people decide that they want to take these planes. The first group gets on the plane and they're like, wow, I've never been on a plane before. So they go in and it's like, this is what they call first class. Man, look at that chair. Man, that's nicer than the couch in front of my TV set. It's like, wow, really? Oh, man, that's right. Man, they got food on this plane. So they start going through the cabinets, and they're getting peanuts and, and, and candy bars and sodas. And they're like, oh, man, this place got a bathroom, too. And next thing you know, they're just sitting back in the plane, just relaxing, watching movies, eating peanuts. The next group gets on their plane. It's like, man, this is an airplane. I ain't never been on an airplane before. It's like, what's that core? Oh, that's how they charge the batteries while they're sitting here at the terminal. Well, man, turn this thing on. It's like, well, what happens if we disconnect? Well, man, this thing, how do you think this thing move around? Man, you uncook, un- unhook that core, fire up the engines. Really? Fire up the engines? Man, y'all sit down, man. We're going to go for a ride. So they start taking the plane, and they drive, and they drive, and like roll over the fence, and they rolling down the road in this airplane. It's like, man, we can take these wings off, man. We can go everywhere we want. Go back to the terminal, get some more gas. It's like, man, we eating, we watching movies, eating peanuts, and running errands. And the last group gets on their plane and says, man, this is so nice. I've always wanted to be in a plane like this. It's like, wow, man, we can watch movies, we can sit down, use the bathroom, we can roll around. But we get on this long road, and if we go fast enough, we can take off and we can fly. And we can go anywhere we want. So in our freedom of speech, so many Christians are satisfied with just getting on a plane and sitting there. And some of them want to take our foundation, what God has given us, and just, well, I'll just meander around town, just going from point A to point B. But when we begin to use the word of God like he tells us to do, we can take off. And we can soar and we can go to places we've never been before. So what is our freedom of speech today? Are we just sitting in the seat eating peanuts? Or are we flying to the highest of heights? It's according to what you say. We know what the word says. But what do you say? What do you say? We hope that you all got something out of this message on today. We thank you for joining us on this Palm Sunday. And again, we are, we're asking you, uh, and, and let me say this real quick. We've been on a consecration this week, and we're going to continue out throughout the next week. And if you want to know how we're doing this, what we're doing, for the next seven days until next Saturday, we're going to be doing what we call a Daniel fast. I'm not going to go into the details. Google it. But if you connect with us, text OA Connect. O, the letters OA Connect, all without a break, to 55498. OA Connect to 55498, and we'll give you more details. 
But we want to do this in the time leading up to next Sunday, which is Resurrection Sunday. But we're going through this together because we want to continue to speak the word of God over our life. Not fear, doubt, and unbelief. We don't want to speak things that are harmful. We don't want to speak things that are going to tear people down. Which eventually the Bible says, whatever we reap, that shall we, or whatever we sow, that shall we also reap. So when I tear you down, somebody's going to tear me down. But yes, use our freedom of speech according to the word of God to pray for one another and build each other up and to build the body of Christ. We thank you so much for joining us on the day. But before we go off the air, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you for those who don't know you, first and foremost. And for those who have maybe known you, but have gotten away from you, whether it be the circumstances, their job, or maybe because of COVID and the fear of being around other people. But Lord, someone needs to receive you on today. So I pray this prayer again, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So no matter where you are, in your car, in the bathroom, on your job, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're saved. You are saved. But Father, I also pray, even on this morning, we got a phone call from Sister Kathy who was under the weather. Father, we know that the thief comes, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We know he is a liar and the father of lies. So, Father, I pray for anyone who is, who is having infirmity in their bodies, who is under the weather, that there sometimes is even a psychological, a mind thought that the enemy tricks us into believing that a pain in our body is so much worse than what it is. It makes us feel as though it's the end of our lives. It's a mental thing all too often. Yes, we feel that pain, Lord, but we also have to block the, his, his words out of our mouth and put your words into our minds, into our spirits. So I come against the spirit of infirmity and pray, Lord, for everyone who needs a healing right now in the name of Jesus to receive their healing. To receive their healing and by his stripes, repeat those words, by his stripes, I was healed in Jesus' name, amen. So we thank you and we love you. We look forward to hearing from you. Again, OA Connect to 55498. Reach out, drop us a line. We want to know about you, want to hear about you, and if all possible, we want to connect with you. We love you and we look forward to seeing you again in Jesus' name. Amen.